tuned in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. And today we're speaking with Angeline Fahey. She is the Community Cat Program Manager for the Humane Society of Southern Arizona. The CCP at the Humane Society of Southern Arizona provides trapping assistance, guidance, resources, and education for several counties in Southern Arizona with the goal of dramatically reducing the outdoor cat population and nuisance complaints. The CCP engages the community to be part of the solution by hosting weekly group trapping events as well as providing regular Zoom meetups where members of a larger coalition of community cat trappers and advocates can discuss ways to improve the lives of outdoor cats and their caregivers. Prior to joining the Humane Society, Angeline helped rescue and rehab baby wildlife, wrote newsletters, and presented over 100 education programs on urban wildlife rehabilitation and coexistence throughout Southern Arizona for the only wildlife hospital in Southern Arizona, Tucson Wildlife Center. Before joining Animal Welfare, Angeline dedicated her time to the hospital bedside, providing art therapy to children coping with cancer and other serious illness. Angeline has always had a passion for nonprofit service and improving her community, having earned multiple awards, recognizing her efforts and compassion to help people and animals. In her free time, Angeline enjoys singing and writing songs on her guitar, crafting and spending time with her desert tortoise and three rescue cats. Angeline, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Why, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So (laughs) tell me, first and foremost, sounds like you're passionate about all animals, but why are you passionate about cats? Oh, I've always been passionate about cats. I grew up with a lot of outdoor cats. Uh, My mom's from France, and um, from her village in the Alps, there were always, always outdoor cats roaming around. So I became friends with them and often noticed their numbers and how they weren't spayed and neutered. I did notice that growing up. And also in Arizona, I've grown up most of my life, and we've always had an outdoor cat that we've taken care of. We even took one in when I was a lot younger. And I think that's what really got me interested in cats in general, just being around them seeing their cute faces. When did you learn about Trap New to Return and that 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 was something that you could do with the outdoor cats? Yeah, I didn't know about Trap New to Return until a couple of years ago, until I moved into a new house that came with some outdoor cats. They were feral at the time. And so I worked with them every day to get them closer and closer to me. And then also work with the Humane Society to get them trapped and neutered and then returned. And just seeing, watching that whole process and being a part of that whole process really made me more compassionate towards these outdoor fellows and made me want to do something more for them. So when you're talking about doing something more for them, did that mean shifting directions? I mean, it looks like you've gone from art therapy to wildlife, now to community cats. Were you in wildlife? And then you decided to move into the sort of the community cat realm? Yes, I was doing a lot with Tucson Wildlife Center, but I felt like there was more that I could offer the community. Um, I was pretty 
stuck where I was in terms of my position. And I really wanted to continue to educate the community about wildlife. And cats, they're not wildlife, but they're also, our outdoor cats are not domesticated either. So they kind of fall between wildlife and house cats. And so I just don't feel like there's enough resources and people out there speaking for them um, because they're in that weird gray area. So I kind of saw that and wanted to make that change and have the community see these outdoor cats more, see them in just a better light. We get a lot of nuisance complaints from our program. And so a big part of our program is educating people about the outdoor cats and like what deterrence they can use if they do want them and educating them about TNR to help keep that population down. So yeah, I felt like I was serving my outdoor cats by serving other cats. So you you said that nuisance complaints was one of the calls that you deal with a, a fair amount. You know, what would you say are the top three calls that you get from the community about cats and how do you handle them or respond to them? And they don't have to be negative. They, mm-hmm. they, they can be just, oh, I'm worried about Fluffy outside or whatever. But, you know, what are the, the kinds of calls that your program responds to? Um, I'd say we would respond the most to calls that say I have outdoor cats and I just don't know what to do for them. So we get those calls. We do get a lot of calls that say, I want you to come out and remove the cats. I want them gone. So we get a lot of those calls because we are in the desert. We do work with a lot of ranchers or people with other like livestock and animals. And so, and a lot of birders live in Tucson. So uh, we have that conflict a lot. And then we, pro- we hear a lot about um, animal cruelty as well, unfortunately. And but so most- how, do, how do you handle those situations? You talk about education and outreach. And is there a chance to work with people who are like, ah, I just want them gone? You know, do you have a chance yes. at yes, and bringing I- them over to the wild side? Yes, I absolutely think that we do have a chance with them. I think it all comes from being compassionate and coming to them with a place of empathy and understanding, like trying to figure out what is their issue with these cats and then trying to figure out what we can do to help them resolve those issues. And so we are able to turn a lot of people over to TNR and then get them involved in the process. And we also we keep a close eye on people who want to get rid of them. Uh, if, if we do work with anyone like that, we always make sure we're doing transport, we're, we're monitoring their traps, we work with them on when they're sending them, when they have a cat. So we're constantly in communication with those people um, to make sure that they're not actually going to harm the cats. But we feel as if, if we're empathizing with them and come in and that we want to help them with their problems. We're helping them and also the cats. So uh, tell me a little bit about what it's like being the community cat program manager. What does that job really entail? It's not like saying I'm going to be a, a doctor or a dentist or I mean, you know, or a veterinarian. People pretty much know what a veterinarian does. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure everybody knows what a community cat program manager does. And then maybe also expanding upon you talked a little bit earlier before we hit the recording about a community cat center. And I wonder what that also is too. So if you could just fill us in on those. Um, well, as a, a community cat program manager, <laughs> the main job that I have is to build a community of trappers and community cat advocates, that's my goal, is I want to build a community in Southern Arizona where we can all network together and work together to solve this, uh, the outdoor cat population like crisis in Tucson. Um, we're only going to get 
to the bottom of it if we work together. So what my primary focus is, is to get people involved. We do a thing called Trapping Thursday, where we invite anyone from the public to join us um, and go out trapping with us. You can be a new a newbie and we'll have you join us and show you everything you need to do. Um, and that way we're encouraging the public to be involved in the process of trap meter return. And we usually pick a neighborhood in town. And so we're very, uh, and yeah, we all work together to kind of strategize the area and then trap all the cats in that colony. I handle a lot of you know phone calls. Most of the day feels like talking to people about resolving problems with residents or with their neighbors or what they can do um, to TNR and help the, the community cats and problem solve some different issues that they may have. But what I'm really building right now is our new community cat center. It's currently in construction. But the Humane Society of Southern Arizona is building a new education and behavior center. So the community cat center will be a part of it. And it will have, we will have the ability to build this program like I've never seen before. We're going to be able to take in kittens for kitten kindergarten. We'll have a um, return to home program where we can take in community cats that need medical care that are fractious and are normally accepted elsewhere. And we'll be able to provide medical treatment and then return them back to their caregivers when they are all set and all, all ready to go. And then we'll also have our working cat program, which I'm so excited about because here in Southern Arizona, we do have a lot of farmers and ranchers who could benefit from a working cat. And we're also, um, you know, with, with my wildlife background, I'm very aware that poisoning of wildlife is a huge, huge problem. So what I'd like to do is get those people who love wildlife and don't want to poison, you know, don't want to poison the mice, which would also poison the owls and the coyotes and the bobcats, but they would go towards more of a natural route of having a working cat that could control the mice population and they could, yeah, just be a better working relationship. So I'm excited to be able to introduce these programs to this community because it is very much needed here. Ever wanted to quickly connect, collaborate, or problem solve with others in the animal welfare field who are, you know, real people? Look no further than Maddie's Pet Forum. Maddie's Pet Forum brings people of animal welfare together with the common goal to keep more people and pets together. We share ideas, expertise, offer each other support, resources, and more. Visit forum.maddiespetforum.org slash cats. Maddie's Pet Forum. Come for an answer. Stay for the community. It's 87 degrees outside, which means it could be more than 110 degrees inside your car. However, in most states, it's illegal to rescue animals or children from hot cars. But with only minutes to spare, many choose to rescue animals from cars at their own risk. And many owners choose gratitude. Never leave pets or children unattended in a car. Because a few minutes is never a few minutes. And minutes may be all they have. This PSA is brought to you by Capain and Animals for Reform and Equity. Team Dubert is at it again, and now they have an amazing companion case management module that once again revolutionizes how you rescue animals. Dubert partnered with Dallas Pets Alive and the Spay-Neuter Network to build a powerful solution that allows you to manage cases of any kind. Whether owner surrender calls or emails, community cat tracking and reporting, Dubert is the only system that integrates two-way text messaging, automatic follow-ups, and even a rehoming solution that every organization can use. 
No more trying to manage 10 different technologies when everything is all in one place and tightly integrated. From fostering to transport, fundraising to e-commerce, supply and demand to case management, Dubert has everything you need to streamline your operations so you can focus on saving more animals. Check out the new companion case management module at www.dubert.com slash CCM and get signed up today. Yeah, you talked about Tucson being in a community cat crisis. I like that. Community cat crisis. I would assume, but maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. You know, let's talk about some of the, the veterinary shortages and the challenges with regards to access to care and appointments and affordability. How are those challenges being translated into this community cat crisis area in Tucson? Definitely. The veterinary shortage in Arizona is absolutely affecting the amount of TNR that we can do. Um, We are limited on the amount of cats that we can trap and bring to like our own humane society because our two vets have their shelter animals as well and public animals they need to spay neuter. Um, And right now we've been looking for a vet for a very long time. Um, We are down two vets here at the Humane Society. And most shelters in town are also also suffering from vet shortages. So that really affects the services we're able to provide. Um, We can catch as many cats as we want, but we need to be able to bring them somewhere for that surgery. So that is an issue. We're we're trying to do some more MASH clinics, which are where, you know, we try to trap, neuter, return 100 cats or even 600 cats. So that's happening this month with um, Pima Animal Care Center, another, uh, the county shelter here in town. So we do work together and we're going to be all together. All of our trappers all over town are going to be participating in this MASH event. So that is like a way that we try to, to deal with the veterinary shortage in town. But I knew I do know it's a couple of months uh, wait to get your animal spayed or neutered in this town, which is quite a long time. One question I get uh, with a lot of organizations that have set up uh, programs within their organization for community cats, uh, they often run a trap uh, bank, a trap rental program. But how has your experience been with trap rental? You know, we've had pretty good luck, but we also keep track of our traps like we're pretty on top of where they're going and who's using them because you always have to be careful if you loan out a trap to someone and you have to make sure their intentions are good that they're actually going to bring the cat in for trap neuter return we have a form that the the client will fill out before they're able to take a trap and we have a very lengthy discussion on the trap process where they need to take the cat the days they're not supposed to trap how long cats can stay in a trap so we really go through every single detail before we ever get that trap out to that person. Um, And if uh, we don't hear from them, we call, we always check in every week. Um, If there's a more serious uh, situation, like an injured cat, we will call the same day and just make sure like, hey, how's it going? Have you caught the cat yet? Do you know where you're going? So we just try to really make sure we're kind of holding these people's hands and making sure they're doing the right thing for the cats and that we're helping them so they feel empowered to do it. That's great. That's excellent. Is there anything else that you would like to share about the uh, community cat program that you have there? Yeah. So part of our community cat program is building a coalition of cat trappers. 
So we are called the Southern Arizona Community Cat Coalition, and you can find us on Facebook. We have a private page, but if you are in Southern Arizona and you are a cat tracker or you want to become one or become more involved in community cats, we know you could be a organ, you could work in another rescue or just be an individual trapper um, and join our group and you can get updates on what's happening in our community. You can join our group trapping events um, and just stay updated and have a network of people that you can talk to and really bounce ideas off of. It has been incredibly helpful to have this group together for this past year. And I'm really excited to see how much it's going to grow. One challenge that groups are facing pretty much all over is the fact that they're always looking for Spanish speaking folks, um, as well as like, oh, can I have a flyer in Spanish too? Can I have this in Spanish? I want that door hanger in Spanish. Everybody, you know, and it's like, you know, folks speak Spanish. Why are we not integrating them into our programs? And and how are you dealing with it in Tucson? Yes, that is a huge goal of mine is to increase our services to Spanish speaking people. The Tucson is a pretty diverse place. Um, so we have a lot of different cultures you know, who believe all different types of things. And so I want to make sure that we are inclusive and we are trying to help anyone who wants to help the cats. Um, so we do go into a lot of communities that are only Spanish speaking. Um, we do have literature that we've been able to translate into Spanish, but even better is we hired a cat trapper who speaks Spanish. Um, so she's from Nogales and um, has been incredibly instrumental in building this program in certain parts of town and really getting just the trust from certain community members who didn't trust us before. It's super important that we start breaking those racial barriers in TNR and start working with people that are from, you know, different cultures and different ethnicities. So I'm very excited that we're able to to open up our services to Spanish speaking people too. There's another community cat program that I'm aware of, and they had hired a, a trapper goes out and does trapping. And what it ended up happening after they started the program was a lot of the kittens that ended up in their adoption program were actually sourced through the trapping. Do you find that happening in your program too? Yes, we we actually, um, the Humane Society can only really take friendly cats and we haven't quite built our foster uh, foster system for ferals quite yet. So this is what that Southern Arizona Community Cat Coalition has been incredibly helpful for our program is to branch out and reach out to other foster-based rescues that are in the group and ask, hey, does someone have space for this litter? They just need a couple weeks of socializing and they'll be good to go. Um, And we're able to really place a lot of kittens that way through networking. But within the next year, we're going to start that kitten kindergarten program and we'll be able to take I'm assuming the first year around 300 kittens for socialization, because that's how many we were able to place through our like 300, 400 kittens last year through networking. So it'd probably be a little bit more. So I'm excited for that, too. I'd call it fluff and fold school. (laughs) Fluff and fold. Oh, that's adorable. I may have to take that. (laughs) They're they're the fun ones. You know, it's uh, they start out hissing and they end up purring. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, you've mentioned a lot of goals of what you have looking forward. Are there any other goals that you'd like to share with our listeners about what you hope for community cats in the Tucson area? I have noticed an increase in help for community cats in the past couple of years in Pima County, which has been incredible. And I only think that it's going to improve. 
So I'm just looking forward to seeing what this summer looks like versus last summer, seeing what kind of difference we've made in the colonies we've already helped. And then every year just seeing how much more we can help and get closer to that like zero kitten population, zero kittens being born outside in this desert. How amazing would it be if we didn't have to have kittens born outside? So that's really our end goal in all of it. But, you know, just building community for now and trying to trap and get vets and techs on board is really our focus for now. So if folks are interested in finding out more about the work that you do and your program and also the organization, how would they do that? Well, to find out what we're doing at the Humane Society for our TNR program, you can visit our website. It's www.hssaz.org slash TNR. Otherwise, you can find us on our Facebook page if you're a cat trapper um, in Southern Arizona. It's the Southern Arizona Community Cat Coalition. Excellent. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Just keep trapping and, you know, take it day by day on those rough days. You make a difference every single cat that you trap. So I hope that people remember that on a hard day that you are making an impact. And it means a lot, a lot, a lot to the caregivers and the cats So and your community. So thank you. Angeline, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on my show. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. Awesome. Thank you, Stacey. I was, you know, I really had a fun time today. Thanks for having me. That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think and a five-star review really helps others find the show. You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats. Did you attend the online kitten conference in June? We hope you enjoyed the incredible content provided by our expert presenters and hope their guidance and encouragement will help you turn your passion for cats into action. Events like the Online Kitten Conference would not be possible without the support of our generous sponsors. CDE Animal Cages, Best Friends Animal Society, Zinzi Pie Save My Pet ID Tag, Humane Network, Feline Fixed by Five, and Cat Savant. If your business or organization would like to support content that makes a difference for cats in communities worldwide, visit communitycatspodcast.com slash event dash sponsorship.